Welcome to the Details of Life with Marcus Wilson. I am your host, Marcus Wilson. And ladies and gentlemen, I just have to say thank you again. Thank you for the support. Thank you for everything that you've been doing in terms of sharing and liking and subscribing. It's been picking up, you know, the Josh Pastner episode, head coach of Georgia Tech, over 3,000 views. Greg Lansing, last episode, 1,500 views in the first day, over 2,000 right now. So again, I know that's people out there sharing the word and I want to, I appreciate you guys for that. And I'm not going to stop bringing you good content. And it's not going to stop today. Today we have NBA veteran Larry Hughes coming on the podcast. And, you know, the thing about Larry is I know him. He's a very soft-spoken, very humble, behind-the-scenes type of guy. People don't realize how good he was. You know, he was – I think the problem with him was he was always almost like the Scottie Pippen to someone throughout most of his career. What I mean by that is when he was drafted – Went to the 76ers, was behind Allen Iverson. After that, he went to the Warriors, had some really good years, averaged 22.7. I think that was his career high. Averaged that there, was, went to the Wizards, had some good years there, was NBA Defensive Player of the Year. Anytime you win an award in the NBA that you're the best in anything, lets you know that he was a high-level player. And then, in my opinion, his best compliment was the fact that he was traded from the Wizards to the Cavs. And the reason I say that is the Cavs had a young man by the name of LeBron James, right? And they wanted someone to kind of tutor him, be a mentor, and kind of be his Robin to his Batman on the wing. They chose Larry Hughes. Larry Hughes was a great defender. He was a good stand-up guy. He was going to show LeBron the ropes of how to behave well on the court, off the court, help defend the best wing so LeBron didn't have to give so much energy on the wing defending in his early years. And so we talked about that. We talked about uh, his time with LeBron, his time with Allen Iverson. We didn't get to his time with Jordan because, you know, the last dance is going on right now and there's enough going on about Jordan. We may come back with a part two on that. But, you know, we talked about a lot of good things with Larry, how he goes about uh, being a father to his son uh, while his son is learning how to play ball and not being too overbearing. A lot of us fathers deal with that. And how much do you push your kid? We talked about that. And then also some of the good work that he does in the community. He's always been an advocate in the community and giving back, not only in his time in the NBA, but even more recently here in St. Louis. And he's now started Larry Hughes Basketball Academy, which has some state-of-the-art equipment and technology that is outstanding for youth here to go to Larry Hughes Basketball Academy and learn how to play the game. So a lot of good things in this conversation. So enough of me talking. Without further ado, let's go ahead and chime in with Larry Hughes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, like I just said, we have 14-year NBA veteran and St. Louis native here joining us on the details of life today, uh, Larry Hughes. How you doing, Larry? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Man, I'm great, man. Thank you for making the time for us to come on. And, you know, a lot of people around here may know you have a son, Larry Hughes Jr. You played at CBC. He plays at CBC. You know, one of the things that I even struggle with as a dad, I have a 13-year-old son and you know, I try not to push him too much because I played and, you know, I didn't even play at your level. So, you know, I know some dads may want to know, like, I know he probably he knows who you are. How do you balance that um, in terms of and, and I've, I've seen you, you're not an overbearing parent that's always in the stands hooping and hollering. So how do you balance that uh, being a dad um, with us, you know, a, a successful player, but not being too overbearing on your son? Well, you know, I have the, the luxury of just really knowing how hard it is to 
you know, be a professional player or play basketball at, at a high level. And, you know, I understand that it's not for everybody. Uh, you can get joy out of the game without being a professional player or without being paid to play basketball. You just want to be involved with the game. So for me, I just want him to experience the, the, the joy of the game, you know, until, you know, see how much joy he can, you know, get from the game, you know, see what, what sort of blessings he can get from the game, you know, aside from what I did, uh, it's really about his journey, you know, his opportunities. He's a different player. Um, you know, from my opinion, he's a better player, uh, but really just standing back and being the, the, the guy more so than, you know, dictating what his process should be. Man, that's, I wish more parents were like that because you get some parents that are like, they didn't make it, so now they're living their dreams through their son, or they did make it, and they feel like their son has to follow in their footsteps. Man, I, I agree completely with you. Man, let the kid live his life and take his journey, you know, without us being overbearing, man. So that's good to hear. A lot of people know, again, you know, you were one and done. That was the first era of one and dones, but, you know, you were all American, one of the top ranked players in the country, won the national title with the, then the St. Louis Eagles, now Brad Bill Elite. You could have went anywhere in the country. Came to SLU one year, awesome year, 21 points a game, filled up the stat sheet. So why did you decide to stay home and go to SLU? instead of going to Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, or any of those other options that would have been out there? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a hometown kid, uh, first and foremost. I think, um, you know, I, I enjoy representing, you know, home base. Uh, but for me, too, it's just that just the landscape and the environment was a little different. Um, during my draft, with my class, my high school class, a lot of those guys actually stayed home. Um, granted, there were some bigger universities where these guys are at, but the majority of the guys stay home. And I think what we talked about is uh, really representing, you know, where you're from, um, how the players play, uh, really getting that attention and, and making sure that it stays home. Uh, now with the world and the game being so small, which you can get, um, you know, a game on the West Coast, just like you can get a game on the East Coast or a game in China, just like you can get a game uh, in Chicago, it's a little bit different. But the mindset, you know, during my time was really to represent home and to uh, take my talent to another university, another state was a little, it was a, it was a little, you know, questions there if, if that was the right thing to do if, if we're trying to represent, you know, home and represent St. Louis. So, you know, I decided to, you can see in the background, man, I decided to, you know, to represent, um, you know, just where I'm from. And that's, that's really where it, what it boiled down to. My family was able to see me play, get a chance to, um, you know, go through the process with me. My brother had a chance to, you know, he had to jump on a plane or to come to see me. Uh, so that was all things that played into my my decision. Man, that's and, and St. Louis loves you for that, man. I mean, we, St. Louis has put out a lot of good talent. David Lee, Brad Bill, Jason Tatum, you know. But, man, you were one of the original greats out of here. You know, Lauren Wood, Chris Carwell, but, like, you were awesome, man. So with that being said, I played pro for 12 years on a, you know, overseas. Mm -hmm. I know for me, even getting a little bit of money playing in Paris – and now having access to parties with like Janet Jackson and stuff, I didn't handle that stuff very well at first. You know, it was just more coming from a kid that didn't have much to now all of a sudden being thrown into those environments. And I was in my mid-20s, right? You're a one and done. You get drafted at age 19. What was it like going to the NBA, being that young, more money than you probably ever seen in your life, parties, girls, all these new things that are now thrust at your fingertips if you want them? How was that process and how did you handle that? 
Well, I'm I'm glad that, that I'm the person who I am, man. I'm I'm a laid back sort of you know take things as they come. Not I don't try to get too high or too low. Um, no environment is too big for me, so I just really relied on that. Um, just relied on um, you know being humble, um, not wanting to get into trouble, uh, not wanting to bring you know bad uh, bad press or bad attention on my family or my last name. Uh, things like that really. Um, kept me out of trouble, right? I was able to see those things. I was able to experience those things, but know uh, that there's a, a, a line, um, you know, whether you hang out late uh, or whether you party too much. I mean, there's just a line of, of if you can still be productive um, doing that. And most guys can't. I mean, most guys can't be productive. So that was my main goal is I wanted to at least be productive so I could hold off on some of those, you know, early entertainment, you know, things that went on. But you're right, man. It's it's an eye-opening experience. Uh, you get a chance, I mean, from being from St. Louis to, to start to travel uh, within, you know, the private planes and, the you know, the, the hotel keys being left for you at hotels and, you know, all you have to pay for is the incidentals. I mean, it was it was really real um, and, and a great experience for me. I always wonder about the one-and-dones. You know, you worry about their support system around them. I know you have a good support system, and you're right, man. You're, you're you're not like a, a crazy rambunctious dude. So I'm sure like just your chill, laid back mentality helped keep you out of trouble a little bit. So, man, a lot of people don't know how good you really were. I mean, 14 to make it 14 years in the league is saying something. But, you know, you had a really good year, believe in what, 04, 05, um, defensive player of the year, led the league in steals, got traded over to Cleveland to help got, give some assistance to a young man. Some people may have heard of by the name of LeBron James. And so, you know, what was that like coming there, um, playing with him, uh, developing that relationship with him? And then also, you know, did you know then how great – was it pretty obvious how great he was then? And what was that time like? Well, it was fun. I mean, one of the reasons why I decided to, to make that jump from a situation in Washington where I was pretty comfortable and, and doing some – beginning to do uh, some things on a consistent basis was the opportunity to play with LeBron. Um, I could see, you know, down the road that there were a lot of wins that, that you know, that would be had. Um, and that's an opportunity. When you win basketball games, that's an opportunity for exposure. Uh, that's an opportunity for uh, different endorsements. That's an opportunity for just having different contracts and uh, things that fall your way when you're on TV and you're winning. So I, I saw all of that. And I wanted to be a part of it. You know, I wanted to bring some of my experiences, uh, the ups and the downs, uh, just the environment of the league. And I remember, Brown was still learning. Man, he was still talking to every guy on the team, picking everybody's brains. Um, you know, a lot of guys came from from different situations and had different levels of experience. Uh, so he was always one of the guys that was having conversations, whether over card games or whether it be over dinner, um, or just you know just in the locker room vibing. So, you know, from 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 the start of it, he was always a sponge, just trying to figure out you know, how he can be the best player he can be. I think that says a lot about you as well. They had so much invested in him. And so it's always important to bring people into the locker room that is going to be good for the culture and that can help influence the younger guys. So the fact that they chose you as someone to come in and be like his wingmate, give some guidance, says a lot about, you know, who you are. So, man, you also play with another future Hall of Famer. I'm sure you got plenty of stories about this guy. But, you know, what was it like playing with AI? You know, uh, obviously he's one of the all-time greats. What was was there anything similar or different or what was it? What was the comparison of playing with AI versus LeBron? Um, well, obviously he was older. 
Uh, he has some different experiences that Brian, you know, didn't have um, as far as, you know, with the legal situation uh, and being involved in the system. So his, his approach and his outlook was like, was different. His process of, you know, this could be my last game or, or I was in a situation where uh, knowing that this thing can be taken away at, at any time. So that's really how we approached it. That's really how when we went out, you know, in games, like it was like a battle. Like we don't know if this is going to be it. So if you don't give it all, you know, we got problems. And that's how he carried himself. Wow, man. That's you learned from learned and played with some of the best. Um, and one thing I want to point out, man, the people don't realize that that year when you was with LeBron, you was the second leading scorer on that team, averaging 16 a game before you got your, uh, I believe you hurt your finger or, and got, got injured. But I, I just want to point out, it wasn't just like you was somebody just talking to him on the bench. This was prime time stuff. But you also were doing great work off the court. And so that year, you also won the Austin Carr Good Guy Award, which is goes to people who are doing good work in the community, cooperative with the media. I also know that you were recently last year honored here in St. Louis by iHeartRadio for some mm -hmm. of the things you've been doing in the community. So, you know, what, what are some of the community? St. Louis needs a lot of help. And, you know, they're really proud of you as well. And I know you got a lot of love for 314 in St. Louis right back. So what are some of the community initiatives that you really invested in? And what gives you uh, the desire to give back so much? Well, for me, it's really all about the people. Um, just being the, the, the ability to, to impact and inspire uh, young and old. Like, I've been doing this community deal for a long time. I mean, ever since, you know, I earned my first dollar, um, we jumped back into, into the community with, uh, organ and tissue um, awareness, where we wanted to make sure, because I had a brother that was suffering from uh, a heart issue, we wanted to make sure that we uh, got our community involved and, and they were aware of, you know, our certain, you know, zip codes and areas that were underserved as far as, you know, in, in the transplant and the tissue and organ donation space. So I've been doing this a long time, man, giving, uh, giving away gas. I mean, just something as simple as, as $10, $20 worth of gas um, you know, to our community to allow them to, to, you know, to travel, to see loved ones, um, you know, just, just that little bit of, little bit of bump, you know, I feel, uh, helps out. And I was always taught that, you know, you don't always give someone something, you don't always provide, you know, that, that thing for them. You, you, you teach them how to do it. You give them experience how to do it so they can then you know, do those things for themselves. So I've been in the community, um, for for a long time sometimes people seem to forget that or tend to forget that um but you know i'm i'm from st louis and i do uh what i do because it helps the people that are from where i'm from uh, my family my mom my my grandmother they were all in positions where they needed the support of the community whether it be financial or just you know just a pat on the back from the community um, so that's how i you know i carry my you know my community initiatives yeah, you do, you do a lot of work, but, man, you're so soft-spoken and behind the scenes, a lot of times people don't know about a lot of the good things you're doing, which leads me to something else I really want to talk about today. You are really now involved and, and taking off with Larry Hughes Basketball Academy, and I've, I've seen the facility. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Kids is going out there, state-of-the-art technology to train kids of all ages. So how about you tell us a little bit about you know, what, what you got going with uh, Larry Hughes Basketball Academy and your involvement with that? Yeah, really, it's, it's, uh, it's an opportunity to, to further, um, you know, our, our young people to, to advance them into becoming peak performers, whether that's uh, professional basketball players or, or whatever, you know, opportunity they, they 
um, they choose to explore. I think what we want to do is we want to put good people in the building uh, where we're using basketball, obviously, as a vehicle uh, to teach character development, um, to teach adversity, uh, to teach conflict resolution. Um, hard work uh, pays off. I mean, these are all the things that we're teaching through the academy, and, and obviously, uh, the technology is a huge piece of that because you know our young people today they like to see results. They like to see things that are you know, that they can they can feel that they can touch things that are tangible to them. So uh, if we can show them the, the number of shots that they made you know through April or you know the number of shots that they missed in December and see how those things start to match up, then you know for some of those young people it'll give them that motivation. It'll give them that extra push uh, to to want and to chase those results down. And as a facility, we're just we're there to support. Like I said, man, I'm I'm, I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing out there. And so you know, we partnered earlier this year, uh, well maybe last year. Yep. You came and did a workout at my Y, and you know, it's always you know that that's one thing about St. Louis is sometimes people think that we need to be competing. Man, you coming into the Y and and training the kids in the area that I met uplifts them. So I would highly recommend anybody that is looking in training. Uh, to, to check out uh, what you got going out there. So with that said, how can you tell the people if they are interested in following up with you and learning more about what you have to offer out there and maybe get their kids into training, how would they be able to reach you? The, this team, they do a great job of making sure that our website is up to date and that's a really great go-to um, for information about the Academy, uh, which is lhbastl.com. Uh, like I said, the team, um, as far as events, as far as, as far as updates or information about uh, COVID-19, uh, about Zoom, uh, what we're doing, you know, from a fitness space. I mean, those guys are really working hard to um, to be a place to go to for, you know, the community if they have questions about the academy, but also just questions about basketball in general. Man, like I said, I couldn't, I can't stress enough if, if people are interested, make sure y'all go to, uh, what was the website again? Uh, that's the uh, Larry Hughes Basketball Academy website, so that's lhbastl.com. Got it, got it, got it. Make sure y'all check that out and see what he has to offer. So last thing that I normally do is, you know, I always try to bring on successful people, and I want to let the people know how you achieve success and uh, how you maintain that. And so, you know, from high school to college, the NBA to what you've done in the community now with the academy and things like that, you've had a, a high-level success. So is there any daily habits or – routines or anything that you do that you feel gives you an opportunity or sets you apart or that you do to maintain or to achieve success? Uh, well, I, I talk confidence in, in, into existence. I, I speak uh, to myself as far as to, you know, I want to be good, but I also want to be great. Um, and these are the things that I tell myself every morning. So when I wake up, I want to chase greatness. I want to chase uh, the opportunity to be better uh, than what, you know, I ended the, the, the previous day off of. So I want to continue to grow. Um, I, again, I started uh, reading a lot more uh, because I do think that leadership is a quality uh, that I want to ma mature uh, a little bit more, uh, even in the, you know, in the basketball space, but also um, I also run a business. So in, in the workspace as well, uh, just really uh, having a sound mind um, so I can actually lead, lead others. So really having a clear uh, understanding of what my day is about. I really look at my schedule. I look at my calendar. Uh, every day, all day, uh, to make sure that I'm uh, hitting all of the things that I set out, whether it be scheduling or, or goals that I want to reach. Uh, but the, the most the most important thing, I think, is that I'm just really trying to find a way to be better than I was, you know, 15 minutes before. You know, it's always good to 
get you know hear from successful people and we're gonna continue supporting you here in st louis thank you for everything you do for the community and thank you for making the time to come on brother appreciate it man st louis is home base so anytime we can get the word out inspire and impact you know whoever whoever's listening whoever's tuning in man that's 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 what i'm here for all right man we'll be in touch with you you guys go check out the website you have a blessed day bro uh you too man all right peace thank you so much larry for coming on and sharing that information and sharing that knowledge with us we appreciate you here in St. Louis. I'm, I'm going to continue working with you because I love what you're doing. And man, God bless you and continue the good work you're doing. Moving forward, next episode, we're going to have a couple of my former teammates who are college coaches. Kareem Richardson, who is an assistant coach at Indiana State, but has some great experiences because, you know, he was he was an assistant on the Louisville team that went to the championship game. Remember when Kevin Ware had that really nasty leg injury? Kareem Richardson was on that bench. And so really, you know, this is the, going to be the first time that I have a national championship coach on the podcast, as well as my other teammate, Chris Hollander, who's had some other awesome experiences coaching at Army, um, at Mississippi State, at UMKC with Kareem, and then also now at Mizzou with Conzo Martin. So he has a, a lot of experience and they can give you a lot of information. And, you know, and it's, it was cool because these are my former teammates and we had, you know, some of those moments where we were able to share what it was like playing together and how we've grown since. So that's going to be awesome. And then following that, we're going to have Matt Painter coming on from Purdue. And so anybody that knows Purdue over the last few years, Purdue is always in the top three. If they're not winning the big 10, they're right up there. And they aren't your old school Purdue that a lot of us think about. A lot of us, people my age, like we remember Gene Katie, slow, ground, pound them out. Man, Purdue led the nation in threes a couple years ago. It's a totally different style of game. Matt Painter's got them rolling. And, man, he was so awesome and engaging. We talked for almost an hour. I mean, he gave a wealth of basketball knowledge and um, just got some great stuff coming up. So like, subscribe, share, because these guys are coming in and giving us the details of how to be successful because what? Greatness is in the details, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you guys. Come back every Wednesday, Sunday. We're going to be bringing you great content. So please come back and tune in. Tell a friend. Thank you. And peace.